At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. A warmer from Evo. Welcome to Love You Las Vegas with Joseph Casillas, with myself, Greg Eves and now part of the Beast Family and Podcast. Going a little bit shorter today. We're going to be going with two segments just because we didn't see a lot of splashy moves that happened on Friday. This in the aftermath of Hunter Dickinson deciding that he is going to be going to Kansas, and there's been a little bit of a ripple effect there. I'm going to be hitting upon. The gentleman from Kansas that decided to transfer in segment number one. But in segment number two, we are going to be chatting with Tristan Freeman. He does great work over at Bus and Brackets. We're going to be chatting with him about what this means for the landscape of college basketball that Hunter Dickinson has decided that he is going to be going to Kansas. Where should we be placing Kansas in a way too early top 25? What is his role going to be with the team? And we're also going to be asking him about what we've made out of the ACC thus far with Efton Reed deciding that he is going to be going to Wake Forest. That fortifies them. We clearly have a pretty big top and a pretty big bottom with regards to this conference as well. So we're going to be chatting about that with Tristan in segment number two. And if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, whatever you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be for those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at Jaden underscore D1. Keep in mind letters M. Maybe it does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You are able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Really did not get in any Twitter questions today, and we continue to have a lot of hoopla with regards to the transfer portal, so let's hit upon that right about now. And as I mentioned, we did see a little bit of an effect with Hunter Dickinson deciding that he was going to transfer to Kansas as Zuby Aljafor, hopefully I said that correctly, kid from the great state of Texas, was the number 43 Raider group by ESPN in the class of 2022. Just really didn't see a lot of minutes at six foot nine, 240. More of a back-to-the-basket big man that averaged about two rebounds per game last season. He has decided that he is going to be entering in the transfer portal, so we shall see what gems lie ahead there. But you figured that there was going to be some sort of effect. This really doesn't hurt Kansas too much, but that does mean that whoever is able to get a GF4, they are going to be getting a really nice piece. So I'm going to be taking note of where he goes. We did see Illinois State get a nice get in Miles Foster. He last season was the main scorer over at Monmouth, was... Able to do a nice job being able to put in there 12.5 points, 6.5 boards, 6'7", 
to an all-sort of player, not a guy that's going to go out there and launch threes, but I do think that he is going to be able to meld himself in very well with an Illinois State program that I feel like they could use a little bit more scoring. Jordan Davis, he should be able to stroke some threes as he comes in from Wisconsin. Dalton Banks, they're going to need quite a bit out of him after he decided to transfer over after he was at Southern Illinois last few seasons while he was at Southern Illinois. Only shot about 29.5% from three-point range, but Illinois State being able to get in someone like a Miles Foster, I do think that that is going to be significant for them and for Illinois State. Very clear that they're looking to beef up a little bit more on the defensive side of things for Monmouth. Wasn't a terrible defense. They were a very, very awful offensive team and a team that really could not shoot it from three-point range, so we shall see what Miles Foster is going to be able to do for them. Detroit has had defense elude them for a long time, and this should be a cog to be able to help them out with that. Alexi Chuku, a former top 200 recruit, he began his career out with the Alabama Crimson Tide. Last year was at Rhode Island and was very hit or miss with Rhode Island. Four points, three and a half rebounds per game. There were some games where Tichuku was able to really take over. He was able to have a whole gobble ton of rebounds. Meanwhile, there were other games where he just gave the team a big giant nothing burger. So, very curious to see what happens here with them. If you take a look at the final 10 games of the season for Tichuku, he was able to put up more around five and a half points, 4.3 rebounds per contest. If he could become a little bit more of a shot blocker, which I think he can at Detroit Mercy, a team in a conference in the Rising League where there's not a lot of dominant big men. As a matter of fact, there is not a lot of competent big men in general. I do think that he's going to be able to have himself a nice go of things. And for Detroit, with Antoine Davis now in the fold, it's a little bit of a changing of the guard for them. Elijah Fisher, he last season was playing over at Texas Tech, and he was a relatively highly touted guy. ESPN had him rated as their number 56 overall recruit. Just didn't see a whole heck of a lot of playing time right around 3.3 points, two rebounds per contest. Some of that at six foot six. That's a nice skill set. Only shot about 25% from three this past season. He has decided that he is going to be going to DePaul now. For DePaul, the bit of an issue for this team was defense last season, and Elijah Fitcher, he leaves a little bit of something to be desired on that front, in my opinion, but he's able to stroke it from three-point range. For DePaul, this team is just looking for a little bit more chemistry. They're looking to really just find those guys that they're able to build around. Being able to get someone that was ranked between, I would say, about 50 to 60 in terms of a lot of these national publications, like a Fisher, I think that this is tremendous for them, so certainly a step in the right direction. We shall see if that is going to yield to any more wins for the team because they just have not been able to get a lot of those. B.J. Edwards, a fringe top winner guy from the class of 2022, guard that just really didn't see a lot of playing time for Tennessee. This last season averaged 1.2 points. Did shoot 40% from three-point range, but obviously had a very, very small sample size. He's out there in the transfer portal as well. I think that there's a lot of untapped potential at 6'3". He's able to handle. He's able to be a relatively solid three-point shooter. Defense, relatively polished from everything that I saw with him playing in the state of Tennessee. I actually followed Tennessee quite a bit because I used to do some high school broadcasts out there back when I was covering Portland, the good old Panthers of Portland, which I'm sure that you are all knowing that the uh, Portland Panthers were a big-time deal out there in Tennessee, but that said, he is on the transfer portal. I think that whatever team is going to be getting him is going to be able to get a little bit of a untapped gem. You've got Ismail Masood, who has decided that he is going to be heading to Georgetown. For Georgetown, it's going to be an adventure for Ed Cooley in season number one. I do think that he's been able to acquire quite a nice roster. For Masood, he was very impactful in the NCAA tournament. 
overall last season, only about five and a half points per game, but shot 41.8% for three, nearly 90% the free throw line. As a six foot eight, little bit of a combo guy. I'm sure that Cooley is going to want him to rebound a little bit more, but you take a look at what Georgetown has been able to do. They bring in Jaden Epps, someone that Illinois had his good moments, had his bad moments, but I do think that he's going to be able to make a nice impact for the team. Rowan Brumba, who pretty much missed all of last season with Texas just because he couldn't get out there on the floor in general behind Marcus Carr and company, but he's a former top winner point guard, Dontrez Styles from North Carolina. It's really a case where Georgetown is swinging for the fences on a lot of these guys. If Masood can give you a little bit more rebounding, I do think that there's going to be a lot of upside here. This one, I think, is very interesting. Isaac Mushala. He was really the top player for Texas A&M Corpus Christi over last two seasons. Two-time All-Southland performer this past year. Had 14.5 points, 9.9 rebounds, 1.3 seals, shot 37.5% from three-point range. He's out there in the transfer portal, and I know that attention goes to guys like Ray J. Dennis, Joe Girard, and company, but I do think that whoever gets Mushula is getting a really nice package here at 6'5". He's able to be very versatile, has experience in the NCAA tournament. I think that he is going to be a big-time impact transfer, and it would be very wise for many of these teams to be knocking down his door. Barry Dunning Jr., he was unable to get her Dunning while he was at Arkansas. He only played in 16 games this last season, averaged 0.3 points per contest, just really was a little bit of an afterthought within the program. He has decided that he is going to be going to UAB. 247 Sports rated him as the number one recruit from the state of Alabama last season, and he's got a nice skill set at six foot six. I think some places listed him a little bit closer to a six foot five. Not necessarily the world's greatest shooter, but he's used to playing up tempo, which you know that UAB is going to be doing. He's someone that is able to defend multiple positions. He's able to give you a little bit of ball handling as well. I think that this is going to be a very nice fit for UAB, and UAB has been doing an absolutely tremendous job in the transfer portal, staying out there in the southeast part of the country. RJ McGee, he was playing Last season at Tulane, he has decided that he is going to be in the transfer portal. Was a part-time starter for Tulane, 27 career starts. Was able to give the team about four and a half points per contest this last year. Shot just 31.6% from three-point range this last year. Has been a little bit all over the place throughout his career, but has been a relatively solid defender at six foot five. We shall see where he is going to be going to. Oscar Palmquist. He was playing at Rutgers this last season. He has decided that he is going to Elon. This is a really nice kid. For Elon, someone who's a six foot eight, little bit of a combo player from Sweden. Whenever he got minutes, he was able to show his worth as in three seasons at Rutgers, he was used very sparingly, but shot a career 35% from three point range. Obviously, the numbers are not too great, just 1.7 points per contest, but I do think that at a school like Elon, he certainly can be an impact guy out there in the CAA. Having someone that is six foot eight like he is that is able to pop threes, I do think that this is going to be nice for him. Someone that comes in from overseas, had a little bit of international experience. So, very good get there. Armandes Plantacusis. Hopefully, I said that correctly. This is a very long last name. But he has decided that he is going to be going from Northern Illinois. And he's going to be heading to the Merry Men of Merrimack. At 6'4", a little bit of an international guy that didn't see a lot of minutes this past season. And Northern Illinois was a little bit of a bust He shot 26.5% from three, about two points per game. But for Planetkowskis, he's going over to Merrimack with his size and his ability to be able to generate some seals. I do think that this is going to be a relatively solid fit there. And for Merrimack, they've done a great job of being able to identify guys that just really fit their 
defensive scheme. I have confidence that they have been able to do the same here. So that is going to be of impact. This is very easy for a handicap as you've got Monet Davis. He was playing this last season over at Texas A&M Commerce. Didn't see a lot of playing time. One and a half points, one rebound per contest. He's decided that he's going to the non-D1 level to Arkansas Fort Smith. Very easy. All you need to note is that Mr. Davis, who was probably not going to be an impact guy to start with, he was at the D1 level last year. He's at, no longer at the D1 level. Cross him off your list of names that you guys need to break down, and then you're able to move on. We did see another transfer from uh, St. John's, Mohamed Kita. He was a seven foot one, little bit of a freshman that just really couldn't get out there on the floor. Good raw skills, but a little bit of a project in general at 220 pounds. He has decided that he is going to be entering in the transfer portal. And I do think that if he finds a right landing spot, this honestly could be a relatively solid get. Someone who didn't necessarily have the world's greatest amount of offers coming out of high school. It was a little bit of an untapped gem for St. John. So we shall see what his market is going to be. But I do think that if there is a coaching staff that is able to develop him, they're going to have a heck of a player. That's a big if, though. Carvel T. Set. He was playing the slide season over at Appalachian State. Actually began his career at Northwestern State, which is really where he had production. During the 2021-22 season, T said 12.9 points, 3.2 assists per contest, shot 37% from three-point range. He was very good out in the Southland. The slides here at Appalachian State just could not get out there on the floor. He only gave the team 2.7 points per contest. They really didn't put the ball in his hands a lot. He has decided that he is going to be entering into the transfer portal if he can get back to what he was two seasons ago. I think that he is going to be a nice get for someone. Alex Holt, he was playing at high point this last year. It's looking to not be a low point, and it's decided that he is going to be entering into the transfer portal. His best success came during the 2021-22 season, 6.5 points, 3.5 boards. Not a guy that is going to give you a lot of versatility at six foot eight, but someone that's able to do a good job of jamming things up down low and is able to give you some nice rebounding. We are also seeing the Manhattan Project coming to NJIT as you've got a pair of guys that were landed by Rashawn Stores. Stores is bringing with him Elijah Buchanan along Daniel Schreier. The biggest one is Buchanan. Buchanan played a relatively limited amount of games last season, just five in total, but in those five games, he was able to register 11 points, 5.2 rebounds per contest for his career at Manhattan, only shot about 26.5% from three, so I do think that it's 44% three-point shooting in a five-game sample size was a little bit of an outlier, but you take a look at him when he was fully healthy the previous two seasons. Between the 2021 and 21-22 season, he was a starter over at Manhattan, shot in those two years more around 28.5% from three-point but blocked nine points, five boards, CLNF, 0.8 blocks per contest at 6 foot 5 a nice do it all player something that NJIT very very badly needs for Shire a little bit more of a reserve. This last season while he was at MNN, was able to give the team right around one and a half points per contest, but with NJIT and their lack of big men, I do think that this is going to be good for them as he's providing a 609 frame. I do think that he's going to be able to pull down a few rebounds in American East, so let's call it what it is. They don't necessarily have the world's greatest amount of size, so we did see quite a few moves in college basketball on Friday, but what we're all buzzing about in college basketball right now is what happened in Lawrence just over 24 hours ago with Hunter Dickinson deciding to go to Kansas. And joining me next to take a look at that situation and also take a look at the landscape of the ACC and talk about a few guys and a few teams that have been a little bit under the radar this season. That would be Tristan Freeman. He does great work at Plus and Brackets. And he's joining me next right here on Coast Guest Seats with myself, Craig Eats Peterson, now a part of the Family Podcast. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. And we're back here in Las Vegas for Ghost Ghost Eats with myself, Greg Eats Peters. And now part of the Beeson Family Podcast, it is always a pleasure to have this man aboard as we've got Tristan Freeman of Bustin' Brackets joining me. That's a part of the fan side of the network taking a look at the great game of college basketball. I know he has been dialed in all offseason long. Take a look at these moves that we're getting. Doing a good job of keeping up with what moves are of impact as well, which is really the biggest thing this offseason and Someone that could be followed at Hoopsnut351 on Twitter, and he does a great job as well as taking a look at things nationally, of taking a look at things in the Pittsburgh slash Pennsylvania area. And Tristan, always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me, Greg. Appreciate it. I appreciate you. And Tristan, the biggest move that we've seen over the last 48 or so hours is that Oliver Palmquist, who was over at Rutgers, has decided that he's going to Elon. No, I'm kidding, of course. We are talking about Hunter Dickinson, the fact that he has decided that he is going to be going over to Kansas. What were your overall takeaways on the move, and just how impactful is this for Kansas? Because I can't quite get there in terms of putting them in ahead of Duke in terms of my way-too-early preseason number one, but I certainly do think that Kansas is going to be a massive force this year. Yeah, I think if we have this conversation a week from now, you might think differently depending on what happens with the former Duke commit. 
Mackenzie and Baco, but this move definitely puts them in, in, in national title contention. I mean, I, I would argue they were a top 10 team beforehand, mainly because Bill Self teams just never have an off year, but give Kansas the focal point of the offense and, and a guy that can be a 20-point scorer that they were sort of missing to start the offseason. Surround him with a quality shooter and Townsend transfer, Nick Timberlake, Dewan Harris, one of the best point guards in the country. I mean, it's lining up for them. Like I said, it could get even better. So they're definitely one of the teams in the mix. And you can argue with the, the veteran talents they have is sort of a fairly older team compared to many of the others, that they're probably going to be one of those teams that's in great position to advance in March again. Yep, I think that this is going to be massive for Kansas. And what sort of a role do you think Hunter Dickinson is going to play? Because we saw Jalen Wilson, what he was able to do. And I recognize that the skill set of Hunter Dickinson is a little bit different because he's a bit bigger than Jalen Wilson. But I almost take a look at him as an advanced version of that. Actually, a little bit of a better three-point shooter, a little bit of a better rebounder. Probably needs to work on his defense just a little bit. That's something that was ailing Michigan a little bit while he was there. But... I take a look at this, and I think that it's just a textbook perfect fit for Kansas. I think defensively, Kansas it was already in great shape when you have Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, Dewan Harris, coming back along with K.J. Adams, who is a fantastic forward for them both ways. The offense was what I was more concerned about, and, and Dickinson gives them just that. He, he won't be perfectly on, on the defensive end, but I think they'll be able to handle it. And just in case, if they do need defensive anchor in crunch time or forever that reason, they can slide in Ernest uh, Uday, who's a former five-star prospect and a guy who sort of fits that rim protector position. So even in situational moments, Kansas can still have a, an elite defensive lineup, but now they're going to have a guy that can give you 20 and 10 on a nightly basis. And that's just something that you can't easily find either in the portal or in the high school level. No, you cannot. That is a very hard thing to find. And with Kansas, I do think that they're very much set up to have a massive season. As joining me on the podcast, we do have Tristan Freeman, who is joining me over here as he does great work at Boston Brackets. And Tristan, I just take a look at once again, and even though we're seeing a little bit of conference realignment, I just still take a look at everything that we've seen this offseason. I think that things are setting up for once again, the Big 12 to be by far the best conference in America. We saw the moves that Kansas made. You now add Houston in the full, which I think that they've had one of the best offseasons as well. You bring in so many guys like an LJ Cryer to be able to buff up that backcourt. I thought that they did a tremendous job there. They bring in Damian Dunn from Temple, someone that has good familiarity with that program, going up against them two-plus times per season. And I think that this is very much set up for the Big 12 to continue their dominance. Maybe they take a little bit of a step down with adding in a school like Central Florida, but with the moves that West Virginia has made as well, I take a look at the Big 12, and I think that they just stand alone as, once again, that best conference in the country. You look at the Big 10, the fact that they lost many of their big men, and you look at the SEC going through a lot of changes themselves. I do think the Big 12 has the case of being the best top to bottom, although I think if we're just looking at which conference has the best four teams, I still give the edge to the Big East because as of right now, Creighton still returns four starters and bring in one of the best shooting transfers and Steven Ashworth to replace Ryan Nemhart. So they're going to be a top 10 team. Marquette returns everyone right now, so they're going to be a preseason top five team. I'd argue top three. And then UConn with Donovan Klingon coming back, that automatically makes some top 10 caliber. And if they can bring back one of Andre Jackson or Tristan Newton, then they're going to be another Final Four contender too. So I would give the Big East from the top of the edge currently, but I do think from top to bottom, 
especially with the addition of Houston and even the newcomers, uh, BYU and Cincinnati doing well in the transfer portal this offseason, that they're going to be better from top to bottom overall. Yeah, I think that once again, we're looking at a really good conference out there in the Big 12. And I do think that the ACC has made some strides forward as well. But what I do think is the issue with the ACC is, once again, we've got a lot of bottom feeder teams that I just take a look at the moves made this offseason. And North Carolina... They've taken some losses, but I do like some of the gains that they have. Harrison Ingram is someone that I do like for them. No doubt about it. Duke getting back Kyle Filipowski, being able to maintain that core. That's massive for them. I think that Virginia is once again going to be a rock-solid team, and I'll get into a team in a minute in Wake Forest I think is very intriguing, but I take a look at the dregs of the conference like Boston College. Not looking too great on that front, in my opinion. I take a look at a team like a Georgia Tech, and even though they've added guys, I just don't know if they're going to be able to be competitive in the ACC. And I think that the ACC could be just facing that same issue that they have the last few years, having those good top-flight programs, but once again, having the bottom be really bad. I think the ACC has been okay overall. I think you look at programs like NC State, Clemson, Pitt, even UNC concerning taking a step down. I think they've done enough to sort of keep themselves in position, certainly haven't taken a step backwards. Georgia Tech's taken a lot of promising prospects, guys who hasn't necessarily figured it out yet, but could under their new head coach, Damon Stoudemire. So they're a team that doesn't look great on paper, but could be a breakout team to watch. And Wake Forest is one that, you know, their their ceiling could be just as high as anyone, but their floor can be low too. They take in two former five-star prospects from Gonzaga, Nathan Reed and Hunter Salas. We've seen what he's done with the Tyree Appleby and Alondis Williams before. We'll see if he can do the same with the Boopy Miller and other guys. But if it doesn't work, then they're not going to be very good. So I think the ACC might have the most volatility of all the power conferences when it comes to how good they can be collectively. And we still have the mentioned Virginia, who's had a lot of changes as well. And we still don't know what's going to happen with two of their guys, Armand Franklin and Reese Beekman. If they lose both of them, then they could have a real rebuilt year coming up. I do think that that is massive. And would you say that out of all the teams, really nationally, that Virginia perhaps has the most to gain slash lose in terms of these NBA draft decisions? Because they're towards the top, no doubt about the Oscar Sheebway decision, which I think we know where he's leading one way or the other to go pro or not. That is of impact just because it is a big name in Oscar Sheebway. But I do think that for Virginia, they're one of those top teams that if they return their guys that you mentioned in Franklin and company, they could be very solid this year. If they lose those guys, it could be a little bit of doomsday for them. You mentioned Kentucky. Even if they lose some of their options, like to even say Antonio Reeves or Chisibway stay in the draft, they still have alternatives that are either on the roster or they're just a big enough program name-wise that they can just get somebody who, who's in the portal. Virginia doesn't necessarily have that. You know, They've had some sneaky good major additions, and they got a former starter at Oklahoma and Jacob Groves, but they're not necessarily going to be in elite recruiting battles for, say, a Ray J. Dennis or, or Grant Nelson. That's not what they're going to do. So if they can't keep as much talent as possible and, and have a complete turnover and have to rely on transfers who have to learn this system or former top 100 prospects that aren't proven, they're going to be the most volatile team at all. And, you know, we respect Tony Bennett enough not to predict them to finish, you know, ninth or 10th. But it's hard to say that they have a top four or five team right now either. They're definitely going to be a team with a lot to with a lot writing on it. 
I still think UCLA and Creighton, just because of the volume of decisions to have to be made, are the biggest teams to watch. But Virginia definitely should be up there. Yeah, with Virginia, I think that they've got so many big-time moves that are going to be playing a big role with them. And I'm so glad that you mentioned Wake Forest a minute ago as well, because I do think that they've had one of the more interesting off-seasons, not just in the ACC, but naturally, as we do have Tristan Freeman, who does great work over at Busted Brackets, joining me on the podcast, because you mentioned it. They pick up Efton Reed. He was a former top 25 recruit, and he was a starter two years ago for an LSU team that made the NCAA tournament. Last year, just could not get out there on the floor. He was playing behind Drew Timmy. I expected him to have a little bit more of an impact, but when you're behind Drew Timmy, you know what? You're just not going to see a lot of minutes. But him going to Wake Forest, I think is so interesting because I like his skill set as Ape will put it together. And I do view Wake Forest with what they've done this offseason as being one of those high-ceiling, low-floor teams. I'm not sure how you evaluate a team like a Wake Forest, but when you take a bunch of these guys like Nefton Reed, like a Hunter Sells, there were former four- and five-star guys that just haven't seen a ton of minutes recently. I think that you can really hit big, but if both of these guys don't develop as well, you could see things bottom out a little bit for Wake Forest as well. And like we said with Tony Bennett, there's a lot of respect for Steve Forbes and how he's had Wake Forest in position the past couple of years, especially developing the transfers he has. Hard to say he failed at LSU, but he wasn't a star there. And then he just, he didn't get minutes behind Drew Timmy. You know, time's running out on saying a guy's a former five-star prospect when they're basically, you know, in college for at least two years. If anyone can take on a project like that, it's Steve Forbes. And you could argue that Wake Forest isn't going to land, you know, the top transfers either. So it's a risk that, you know, they, they have to be willing to make. It's going to be interesting. If it doesn't work out, well, then you're going to be stuck with them because they can, because they definitely can't be able to go. And by the way, we still don't know if Ethan Reed is even going to be eligible because he's a two-time transfer. Yeah, that is going to be something to watch out for as well. And how do you think that a lot of these two-time transfers are going to be just handled in general? Because we recall the last few years, a lot of these guys, they were able to get waivers, they were able to play right away. And I expect a lot of these guys to be eligible, but I know that the NCAA has been trying to crack down a little bit. I know that they were also trying to say that even though there was like a coach that maybe moved, that would not be grounds for another transfer. But I do think that if they try to follow through on all these rules, there's going to be a lot of pushback and it could be causing for a lot of anger with regards to these colleges in general as well as players. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it comes down to whether or not you believe that the NCAA is going to stay true with their statements that it's going to be a lot harder to get waivers. If it is, then it's going to have a, a sizable impact because you look at Florida State, they landed Primo Spears, who's a two-time transfer as well, who had a coach who got fired. We'll see if he's supposed to sit out, but if he doesn't, then you're not going to take the NCAA seriously. And if you're the NCAA with the new president, you kind of want to be taken seriously. If you say you're going to make it harder for guys to get in the portal, then you're going to have to do it. And if you don't, then it's just pretty much going to be same old, same old when talking about them. And who knows, we could be seeing what we've seen the last few years where when there's a violation that happens in 2017, there's going to be a punishment handed down in 2037 to a school that is currently not in Division One. So as the way it's been going with the NCAA recently, we shall see what happens there. But a very good point made by you, Tristan, in that I don't think a lot of people are focusing on that right now. But I do think that that is a big storyline to watch 
this offseason, seeing if these guys are actually going to be eligible or not. And Tristan, I'm going to throw this to you right now because we've seen a lot of moves. We've got over 1,600 players in the transfer portal <laughs> as of right now. And we've talked about a lot of the big-name teams that have been making moves. No doubt about it. Kansas, West Virginia, Gonzaga, Creighton. These are all schools that have been able to make a sizable impact. But is there a team or two that's really been standing out to you that you feel like has done a great job this offseason that maybe is not given, getting the love that they deserve? We're looking for an underrated program. I could say Georgia. And based on assuming they land Noah Thompson, a transfer from Niagara, who almost averaged 20 a game, there was a crystal ball thrown his way. But they've rebounded really well so far this offseason. They land Jalen Deloach, who is a, a, a solid defensive power forward from VCU. You get Russell Chea, who who's a center from South Florida. You land not only starters, but you also got a pair of former four-star prospects and Silas Demary and Blue Kane. It's not former, their current four-star, they're their, uh, former commits elsewhere. So being able to land them, you got a lot of depth. And that doesn't include RJ Melendez, who's a former top 60 prospect from Illinois. And if he's a healthy, he can give them a legitimately talented wing in the SECC. So I'm looking at Georgia's team that could potentially make a jump in year two of the Mike White era. I think that Georgia's done a very good job as well. I would like to see them maybe add one more guard to your point. Noah Thomas said if he does go there, that would be that missing link for them if they strike out with them, they're going to be needing to look elsewhere. But if they're able to add Thomason, I think that they've done a great job there because their main thing last year was that they didn't have a lot of rebounding and they certainly have been able to beef up there. And we're trying to beef up on this podcast. We're trying to get the best guests humanly possible. And Tristan, you always fit the bill with that regard. You do amazing work over at Boston Brackets. I know that you've been busy all off season long, taking a look at what we are all getting in the college basketball landscape. So let the good people at home. No, it's all on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Yes, sir. You can follow me at Hoopsnut351 on Twitter. And you can also follow at Bustin' Brackets. Articles coming up daily. We've been recapping the Hunter Dickinson saga and just looking ahead to what's going to be a pretty important week because the transfer deadline is less than a week away and there's potentially some huge names coming on. Yes, there is. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens with these NBA draft decisions as well. That's something that we touch upon a little bit with Tristan Freeman today, who does great work over at Boston Brackets. And no doubt that it's going to be a hot button topic the next few weeks. I know that Tristan is going to be following that and so much more. And it is always a pleasure to get Tristan on this podcast. Big thanks him for joining me on Coast Coast Soups, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. And if you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, Coast Coast Soups, you're able to subscribe wherever you podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we'll fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at GNN underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters M. They mean does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these in the timeline. The other way, that is via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Hopefully, we're going to be able to do some conference previews within the next few weeks. Hopefully, we can get some clarity with regards to the transfer portal, but I'll be with you guys every single day on this podcast, rain or shine, and once we get in season, fix an analysis on every single game, every single day, so I appreciate you tuning in today, and I'll be back with you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.